0: Assalamu alaikum, peace be with you. You're listening to Cup of Parenting Podcast and I'm your host Aisha, a paediatric speech and language therapist, mum of seven and parenting coach here in the UK. In this episode we're going to be talking about stress. Now as busy mums or busy women, Stress is inevitably going to affect us at different points in our lives. Indeed, it's how we deal with stress that's probably more important. First of all, we're going to start off by talking about the definition of stress. So if we just think about, first of all, what does stress mean? Stress is the body's reaction to feeling threatened or under pressure. And it's very common and it can be motivating to help us achieve things in our daily life and can help us meet the demands of home work and family life so when we think about stress actually stress itself isn't entirely a bad thing we all need a little bit of stress in our lives to keep us going to perform you know at our best and to keep us coping however there does come a point where too much stress can have a negative impact why because it can affect your mood and start to make you feel quite down and it could lead to certain um, illnesses for example anxiety and depression it will start to have an impact on your body for example due to stress a lot of people stop eating so it does have uh, negative connotations with it as well and also it impacts relationship with your family if you start getting too stressed and you think that you're not able to cope anymore then you will start to take that out on your loved ones. so whether that's your husband wife whether that's your children your relatives or your work colleagues so that's another um, example of how stress can impact you negatively also it can lead to anxiety as i've mentioned irritability low self-esteem and physical emotional and mental problems so this is why um it's not good to have too much stress in your life as you can imagine Now, what happens to a person when they are stressed? So every single person experiences some stress and what happens to you when you experience stress is you have uh, stress responses. So everybody has stress uh, responses, whether you know whether you're a grown up or whether you're a child, you'll have a way that you cope with stress. So what happens is you have in response to stress you have cognitions or thoughts and behaviors and you use these to reduce your stress and to moderate its emotional impact so stress responses are actually how we try and cope with stress and manage it effectively and now this point is really important because this is why different people react different ways to the same situation to give you just one example imagine you've got an exam coming up Um, Some sisters will feel really highly stressed and really upset about the exam, they'll get quite anxious, and there might be another sister who's sitting the very same exam who won't be as stressed as her because maybe she enjoys exams or she deals with it in a different way. So this is why stress responses are really important, these thoughts that you have and the behaviours that you have um, when you are, you know, placed in a stressful situation. Now, there's two types of coping strategies that researchers have found, broadly speaking, that we have when we're stressed. Some people use problem focused responses. This is when you cope by attempting to change the problem or the event causing the stress. But some people have emotion focused coping strategies, and this is where uh, you deal emotionally, as in you react to the stress. And our research has found that the most effective coping strategy uh, that reduces the intensity of the stressor and the risk that stress will lead to mental illness. And most researchers say you should be trying to have a problem focused attempt at the stressor. So we'll look a little bit more in detail that what's the difference between problem focused and between emotion focused. Right. How can you differentiate? problem focus means that say that there's a stressful situation in front of you okay you think there's a there's a problem here and you start to feel stress you start to release hormones in your brain you will do some things like asking for help from other people you'll confront the problem itself so for example say it's an exam you will think okay what do i need to do i need to revise for the exam maybe i need to get information about the exam you'll be an action taker you will seek information and you will problem solve logically, not just for an exam for anything in your life that you might be you know, faced with that would lead to stress. However, if a person is reacting emotionally and they're actually emotionally focused, they might be in denial that there is even a problem in front of them. They might start to distract themselves to ignore the problem. They might think, okay, there's an exam coming up. Let's just forget about it. Just think about it on the day. Just pretend it's not happening they might hide their feelings and not cope very well they might start worrying they might even start praying so it's not all negative things it just depends on how you react now research has also shown that men and women might react differently to a situation so for example there was research done um, that looked at marital issues and they found that ladies probably reacted a little bit more emotionally compared to men so it ultimately depends on what the problem is in terms of how should you uh, react to it okay potentially as human beings we can actually use a bit of both we can use some uh, problem focused um, stress releases um, coping mechanisms and some emotional ones as well but research shows that problem focused coping is used in situations where we can control it so for example if it's a work problem I can do something about it, I can problem-focus, I can problem-solve, I can speak to people. If it's an exam, it's the same, I need to prepare, I need to get myself ready for it, I need to do something, right? But sometimes you do use emotion-focused coping because you have to, for example, let's say you found out somebody's got a terminal illness. Let's say someone of your loved relatives is in hospital, they've got an illness, you've been told they're going to pass away, don't have that much time, stressor, or aspects leading to the stressor so if when you're faced with a problem and you can try and change your response to it or any aspects leading to that response then actually you'll be able to cope with the problem in a really good positive way now when you look at religion and how does that play an impact on how you're coping um with stress it's been found that religious strategies are good because they combine both problem focused and emotion focused mechanisms. So SubhanAllah, we are so lucky as Muslims, as the Sheikh was just saying, because in the Quran and in the Sunnah, which ultimately we turn to, we've got a combination of both without even realizing. And these strategies have been proven psychologically and by researchers who are not even muslim um, to be quite effective and these are things we can use when we're faced with a stressful situation to you know have a positive impact on our lives so let's have a look at what some of the islamic coping strategies are the first one is that muslims need to remember their limited power since they have no control over the outcomes of events even when they are able to discharge their duties and responsibilities to the best of their abilities so ultimately we know that whatever happens Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is in charge right we believe in qadar, the good and the bad of it it's part of our iman right it's part of what we believe and this is so so important because even when we do our very best we have to believe that whatever the outcome is whatever's going to happen it's from our creator ultimately okay so one of the mechanisms we've got as muslims is our trust in god right and allah tells us in the quran in surah that say never will we be struck except by what allah has decreed for us he is our protector and upon allah let the believers rely So in this manner, we have what's called tawakkul. And as Muslims, uh, subhanAllah, we've been blessed with this as a tool. So when you're thinking in terms of stress, what can I use, what mechanisms I can use, this is like one of the main tools that you can use, is your reliance on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Why? Because it, research has shown, um, they did specific research on Muslims as well, that this is one of the most effective ways to steer motivation and enhance behavioural performance. Because ultimately, you and I, we rely on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We know that we have to turn to Him when things are good, and we know we have to definitely turn to Him when things are not so good, when things are bad, when we're going through stressful situations in our lives, when we're faced with calamity. And you might think or you might not even think about this because maybe because you're, a, you know, you're a Muslim, you might not really pay attention. But think about those people who don't have Islam. They don't have this. They, they might be doing things aimlessly or seeking help elsewhere without actually having this inherent intrinsic feeling that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will always be there. The next mechanism we have or tool, if you like, is prayer. Okay, Salah allows the body to acquire physical, mental and psychological rest because we do it at least five times a day. Uh, We stop what we're doing to do Salah, whether we're at work or whether um, we're outside the house, inside the house, wherever. We're connecting with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, so we're completely ignoring the worldly distractions. We are talking to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala during your Salah. It's a a two-way communication, right? and it's just private between you and your creator and you do this five times a day and it relaxes you okay but also from a mental perspective salah which requires a reliance on the creator leads to prevention and cure of a lot of illnesses when you do it in a proper manner and when you connect yourself to allah and the whole act of salah which is a whole nother topic is amazing when you think about it you know the Um, The intention and the doing your wudu and cleansing yourself and having three types of cleanliness, not just your body when you do your physical ablution, but the area in which you're praying has to be clean, your heart has to be clean. Um, If you just really study that on its own, that's a massive tool for reducing stress and reducing anxiety, even when um, you know good things happen. We should pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and be thankful um, even when bad things happen or we're hit with a calamity we can pray as well but at least minimum as Muslims we do it five times a day and that in itself is a massive tool. Another tool that we can use is the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? Dhikr. and this includes reading du'as and reciting Quran's, uh, the Qur'an. sorry. And I tell my students so many times repetitively that we are so blessed that we've got the ability to make dua, and we have du'as for almost every situation, subhanAllah. And as a Muslim, the first thing you wake up, you do is you utter du'a, right? Last thing before you go to bed, you read your du'as. So this in itself is a massive tool if you think you're connecting yourself to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now those who have believed and become established in belief and whose heart find rest and contentment in remembrance of an wholehearted devotion to god be aware that it is in the remembrance and of hearted wholehearted devotion to allah that hearts find rest and contentment this is an ayah from the quran so the ones who are remembering allah those are the ones whose heart is going to find what rest and contentment, the very things that you want to be feeling when you're in a stressful situation, right? You want to try and calm yourself down, you want to try and relax because these things in turn have an impact on your actions and on your speech and on your reactions and on your uh, sort of next steps and decision making. SubhanAllah, here here is the solution in the Qur'an. Now remembrance of Allah not only implies communicating with Allah, you you know that Allah hears and knows everything. But it also creates a reassuring self-consciousness and this is why we're so lucky as Muslims that we have this connection and this remembrance of Allah all the time. Because we know that there's something bigger than us, bigger than you and I, bigger than what's going on in your house, in your life, there's things going on in the dunya and even then we don't know everything, There's, there's a bigger presence and we believe in this, right? and we believe that the high authority can change negative situation and grant patience for overcoming difficulties right and again as muslims we are so lucky because um, i'm going to talk about patience a little bit later on but that's like a massive thing we can exercise as well um when we are particularly in a stressful situation so that brings me on to the next point that we have for coping with stress we've got patience forbear forbearance and forgiveness and just the term patience or sabr and the derivations of it in the quran are mentioned more than 70 times okay and this is from an islamic perspective from a non-islamic and psychological perspective we're also encouraged to try and be patient It's, it's thought of as a good characteristic to have it's thought of a really positive and um helpful thing to exercise right especially when you're stressed so Allah has already told us in Surah Baqarah that we will certainly test you with something of fear and hunger and loss of wealth and lives and fruits. But give glad tidings to the persevering and patient. SubhanAllah. We have already been told in the Qur'an that we are going to be tested. We've further been told we're going to be tested in different ways. Some of us will be tested with fear, some of us will be tested with hunger, some of us will have um test in our wealth in our business in our earnings some of us will have testing with our children right but ultimately it's the one who needs to persevere and be patient that's going to have glad tidings it's written in the quran subhanallah so if only we keep going back and reminding ourselves of these uh lessons that the allah ta'ala knows um what you're experiencing okay so don't ever think When you have a problem that yours is the biggest problem, yours is the biggest stress, because there might be people at the person next to you who's also experiencing stress and their stress isn't the same as yours. Maybe that's massive for them, but everybody is being tested, even the people who on the face might be looking like they're doing really well and really successful and might seem quite relaxed. You don't know from inside um they can be quite stressed right so don't assume allah wa ta'ala tests everyone i'll tell you one funny story personally when we were at university um we had our final uh, assignment to give in for one for my msc in uh, in speech uh, therapy which was the hardest degree that i did and on that particular day everybody was very stressed we'd stayed up all night doing this um, assignment the, the writing this essay to give in and we saw people in their real form, like people came into the university without proper clothes or makeup on because they were so stressed of getting this essay done. And I said to one of my um, colleagues um, who was studying with me that, oh, this is so stressful. And she suddenly looked at me and laughed and I said, what's so funny? And she said, You don't look stressed at all. You look really relaxed. She said, uh, I I don't believe you're stressed for this essay at all. And I thought subhanAllah, everybody presents stress in different ways, right? We all experience it. So don't ever assume that you're the only one. Okay. And then we turn to, of course, our beloved Prophet Muhammad who has reported to have instructed Muslims to pursue forgiveness as a strategy for calming the self and expelling worries and for reducing depression and anxiety so not only are we asked as muslims to be patient which is an excellent thing to um, to be or to do um, but we're also asked to forgive and we're told that forgiving is the better thing to do just forgive let it go move on and don't lower yourself to whatever it is or whoever it is that caused you to feel that stress and anxiety you know say alhamdulillah it's a trial for you deal with it cope with it in the best way you can turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala do what you need to do but don't hold a grudge against a person whether they did it deliberately or not honestly it's not worth it it's so much easier if you can just let that go and just move on it'll it'll be good for you um, and you won't be thinking about it okay another thing that we can do is positive thinking now the quran states the following it may well be that you dislike a thing but it's good for you and it may well be that you like a thing but it is bad for you god knows and you do not know so once again another thing that we can do is think positively and i know that's really easy to say especially when things are stressful and anxious uh, or things are going wrong but actually if you can't turn that negative into a positive again that's a really um strong coping mechanism for you because ultimately Allah SWT says that you know you might be presented with things that aren't desirable to you but it's good for you and it might be the other way around you might be wanting something really desperately that's actually bad for you and Allah SWT might have moved it away from you and not caused you to get that thing so always try and think positively even after a situation that stressful has passed because at that time you know you might be thinking emotionally with the emotional part of your brain, not rationally, and you might be reacting in a certain way or saying certain things. When the incident's passed, give yourself time to, call, to, to you know to calm down um, and think reflectively and positively from that, from whatever's just happened so that you can move on inshallah. That's another thing that we can do as Muslims. Another thing that we can do, which is so important, please don't underestimate this one is community sport, the reason why this is important is because this is demonstrated and it's called for attending regular congregational worship functions. so as Muslims you meet in the five daily prayers. um, The. People gather on the day of uh, Jummah, like today. And we've got the Eid festival where we have been asked to gather even those, you know, women um, and girls who aren't praying are us to come to the Eid salah because it's so important. So, as Muslims, we do these festivals not not alone in our own houses as a singular um, act of worship. We do it in congregation together. And one of the biggest things of being a Muslim is you're part of an ummah, which is huge, it's global. You know, it's not just Um, confined to the country that you're in either. It's all over the world. You have your brothers and sisters and we're all united by Islam, right? And this is a massive point because you should always try and have community around you that's similar to you um, that are Muslims because this will impact on you. It will impact on the choices you make. It will impact on your children um, because they'll have certain friends around them and the reason why i'm saying this is important because this is one of the things i teach to uh, the parents that i work with one of the biggest predictors they have found researchers have found after they did two decades worth of research was that one of the predictors of um impact on on death was actually how much community and social link a person had so that means when they were looking at all the predictors that influence a person's ill health or death you might think that oh maybe if the person you know drinks alcohol maybe if the person eats too much they're overweight maybe if the person is smoking or they don't do exercise they're unfit those things have an impact on health but actually above all of those things was the social link that person has and in covid lots of people were lonely because they weren't allowed to meet you weren't allowed to go out and this had a massive uh, negative effect on people's mood on people um, socially um and and made people a lot of people stressed um and suicidal and you don't appreciate how important it is to have social links with other people so this is such a massive factor that as muslims you should try and keep good connections and good links by attending gatherings you know where the right sort of people are that can help you that can support you that you see on a day to day basis you can say um salaam to them let them know how you are ask them how they are do it via telephone etc but the point is to have these really good strong social links because they actually impact on your health believe it or not and they even impact on um death later on so that's another massive one that we should be really lucky and appreciate that we have as muslims you know on and, and a wider scale we're part of the ummah. on a smaller scale you've got your own local community who believe the same things as you and they are more than willing to most of the time to help you out to hear your problems to um you know create that link with you alhamdulillah so in conclusion um uh due to the time i can't go into every single topic in detail so i hope that gave you a a clear snapshot there is lots you can do so whenever you are feeling stressed or the anxiety levels are going up, please please remember first and foremost you are muslim and there are plenty of things you can do please don't suffer in silence do uh, you know reach out and seek support if you need to if you can't do things yourself speak to someone Um, uh, there are so many people that you can speak to Alhamdulillah and um, I hope that Allah gives all of you peace in your lives and I hope Allah accepts everything from us Anything that I've said is from Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. That's correct, and anything that I've said wrong is from myself. So I ask Allah to forgive me. I hope you found that beneficial. Wa aakhirul da'wana, and alhamdulillahirobbilalamin. Assalamu alaykum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh.